you for listening to Carl's Dying Shorts. I'm Michelle Donkin, and earlier tonight, this story didn't exist. The way it works is, we put a call out on social media for word prompts, and then from your suggestions, we write a story. Your suggestions tonight were aching, philanthropy, transgender, Luna, Geronimo, Bodge, Fang, Jackass, Badlands, and Swam. It's my turn to write a story tonight, and this is The Highest Jump. Alex was a complete coward. She hadn't even answered back in English class that time when Peter Smith had called her a loser. No one said anything to Peter Smith when he was taking his life out on someone and Alex thought Peter wasn't entirely wrong. She was a loser. Alex had been picked on quite a bit that year until Robin had come to school. Then Robin became a star and everyone realised how stupid Peter Smith was with his swearing at supply teachers, slipping over in the dining hall and getting his head stuck in railings. Alex knew that she was a coward because, right now, her heart was thumping so loud in her ears that the pressure of it made her dizzy. She curled her bare feet tightly against the chalky cliff edge as if that might keep her pasted to the ground. Instead, she felt the tiny flecks of pebbles attach themselves to her skin and it made her feel even more unsteady. Down below, the sea bulged and rocked gently like blue-black lava. It seemed to cry out to her the sheer vastness of it creating its own gravity and working to pull her down. If it were just a matter of leaping in, she might not have been so concerned. It was a huge drop, the height of two or three houses to be sure, but that wasn't the shape of her fear. It was the tumbled edges of boulders clustered at the foot of the cliff where the land sliced at the sea. It was the way the water, so unified and powerful further out, was split against each jagged rock, shattering and falling apart with white foam and crashing. If she was to make this jump, she would have to leap as far out as she could. She would have to cycle in midair before falling. She was sure that she was a coward, but any bluster that she had had been left with her friends, further down the cliff path. Alex wasn't so sure she was brave enough to attempt this. Alex dragged her eyes away from the sea to look down along the cliff path. They were all there, even Robin, who had been the one to dare her. They had been a group once upon a time in infants before Robin had arrived. It had been Alex, Amber, Evie, James and Alfie. They used to be inseparable, a strange little gaggle roaming the fields and beaches outside of the seaside town where their parents had decided was paradise. 
the cliff path had been squarely their territory and they would patrol the place like well-trained soldiers with their own codes and commands. When they were really young, they would call themselves the squad and they'd invent enemies in the shape of zombies and vampires. They would roam the badlands around the edge of town using walkie-talkies and hand signals to check the coast was clear before dashing across the paths towards the beach. Over time, they had all dropped the pretending and their play had become challenge-based, increasing dares and stupid forfeits. But even then, they seemed to all know the rules. They knew not to push each other too far or risk too much. Then Robin had arrived halfway through juniors and changed everything. It was as if Robin's dares took a turn more dangerous and his forfeits were always laced with shame. They were no longer having to take jumps from the rocks or else admit when they last cheated in a test, but having to jump from the cliff path or else admit when they last wet the bed. Some of the old group drifted away after the forfeits and dares changed. Evie was the first, making some excuse about having to stay home and study. Later, James stopped playing out and told them he preferred his computer games to real life. Alex tried to soften Robin's edges and argue with him, but it only made him worse. He seemed to be playing a much larger game than any of them understood and seeing just how far he could push them before they would break. After a while, the others started to harden up too, and that seemed to leave Alex as the only one among them who missed battling with zombies and vampires. It left Alex as the one who always seemed to get the harshest of dares and the most shameful of forfeits. Robin was holding court, sitting on a bench down the path, the rest standing or sitting nearby, but all watching him, all trying to make him laugh or get his attention in some way. Only his dog, Fang, watched Alex as she stood on the edge of the cliff, its head cocked to one side quizzically as Alex rolled her shoulders and ignored the aching heat of the sun pressing against the straps of her bikini top. Poor dog. Alex thought, having to answer to Fang now. Stupid Robin had changed the name of the big-hearted lump of Alsatian Labrador Cross a year ago, but Alex remembered it from its puppy days when it had been called Luna. As if reading her mind, the dog furrowed its brow and tipped its head to the side even more, its tongue lolling from its mouth with something between a pant and a whimper. Get on with it! Robin called up the path, leaning back on the bench and resting one rocking ankle over his knee, waggling his eyebrows. Alex narrowed her eyes at him before shifting her focus away to the horizon. She wondered what it would be like if she swam out as far as the edge of the world then back again. She imagined a world where she would grow fins and become a mermaid just by willing it to be that way. If you don't do it, You have to strip naked and run through the town. That's the deal, Robin called again, a sharpness in his tone that hinted at something much darker than any of them really understood. 
but all fell, creeping up on them. The rest of the group responded in whooping and shrieking, and Alex looked down at the outfit she had bodged together quickly when they had called around earlier, interrupting her reading on the sun lounger. Her legs were tiny and chunky. The tight jean shorts that cut into her thighs made them look even more dimpled and expensive. The hairs on her legs were darker than they had seemed earlier too, and her stomach stuck out further than anything her bikini top covered. All at once, despite the heat, she shivered and wished she had worn a t-shirt or ignored the baking sun and covered herself head to foot in jeans and a long sleeve jumper. Her stomach clenched and she knew she could never do Robin's forfeit. Pushing away the lump that was rising in her throat, she took a step back, away from the cliff, aiming to give herself a run-up. If she had been half as brave as she wished, she would have just run, wheeling into the air and screaming Geronimo and have done with it. The highest jump wasn't impossible. The secondary school kids did it all the time. She just had to have faith that she could do it. Alex sniffed at her own fear and took another step back, digging her feet into the scrabby soil. She clenched and unclenched her hands, the palms sticky with sweat and running hot and cold at once. Fang, Luna, seemed to sense Alex's renewed determination and stood, whimpering and barking in caution. Alex fixed her eyes on the dog. The rest of them had stopped talking now. Attention turned to Alex, excitement flickering in their gazes. Alex's mother would have called her a jackass for wavering. Alex's mother had been brave and had dedicated her life to fighting for others. Her dad had shown Alex pictures of her mother marching for transgender working rights and shown newspaper clippings from all the cases her mother fought. He said that her mother believed in philanthropy but that mostly her mother was brave. Alex didn't remember her mother much anymore. Her memories were a jumble of recorded images and videos. Alex's actual memories of her mother were just snippets of a voice and the smell of perfume. Mostly, the memory of her mother was that same feeling she got every Sunday afternoon in wintertime. When the curtains were closed and the food was cooking and the carpet felt snug and warm against her feet. Somewhere inside that safe moment would be her mother. Blinking away tears, Alex felt that same safety rising up through her. The power of it in her arms and legs pushing her further and further away from the cliff edge as sense took full hold of her mind. Her mother wouldn't have jumped. Her mother wouldn't have done anything she didn't believe in. Alex marched towards the bench, where they were all whooping and laughing. Robin was biting his lip, as if trying to push away the grin that was creeping across his face. Oh, she picked naked running, did she? He asked, his voice only cracking slightly. Luna joined in the excitement, wheeling around in delighted circles pinned by her lead. And, as Alex picked up her discarded shoes in one hand, she ruffled the dog's head with the other, 
fixing Robin with steady, unblinking eyes that she hoped matched the same fierce expression in her mother's protest photos. Alex leaned into Robin's face and whispered, low-toned and terrifying, Fuck you, Robin, you lonely little baby boy. Maybe if you want to see someone naked, you shouldn't dress it up in a dare because it makes you look like a prick. I'm off to Evie's house. Don't knock for me again. They all heard it. And for a few seconds, all that existed in the world was the silence of Alex's victory and Robin's paling face. Alex turned and walked away. Robin spluttering indignant shouts that he would rather die than see her fat, ugly, naked body ricocheting off her sun-baked back. Her heart pounded as she left them behind. Fear that they might hurt her chased with adrenaline through her veins and she worked harder than she ever had in her life not to show her quaking knees. As she rounded the corner and out of sight, she might even have allowed herself to cry as Robin's arrows hit home. But she knew that it didn't matter, because for that one glorious moment, Alex had been brave after all.